Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Jenna. I'm Charles. That's John. I'm Seth. (laughs) And I'm Mark. And Linda. And Linda's here with us. We haven't seen Linda since probably episode two in the flesh, although we've heard her disembodied voice a number of times. (laughs) Her her disapproving disembodied voice of your puns. (laughs) Right. Well, so this episode, we've decided we're going to talk uh, about uh, Star Trek Picard, which recently had its season finale episode. Uh, we thought we'd touch a little bit on um, Westwood on HBO. We're into episode you mean four Westworld? on that. Yeah. Westworld. I feel like Westwood would be the poor knockoff from the like, Pirates, <laughs> or the knockoff I, I, I of Pirates. I think you're right, yeah. I think John's previous background got me kind of confused. So anyway, William Shatner's styrofoam penis around you. <laughs> yes. So um, anyway, so we'll talk about that. So fair warning, if you haven't seen um, all of Star Trek Picard, uh, there's probably going to be spoilers. And if you're not oh, through at, at least episode four of Westworld, uh, possibility of spoilers. So beyond episode four, we don't know what's happening either, but we are, we may be throwing out some conjectures. So <clears throat> a quick show of hands. How many have seen Star Trek Picard? And all right. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, who do we start with? Let's start with Charles. Charles, what did you yeah, think? Start with me. Yeah. I liked it. There's a little bit of a love-hate thing because um, I, uh, I there's a little bit of a pet peeve when the when the main uh, when the main character uh, cheats death. Oh, uh, Captain Picard. Right. No, but I mean just in general. And in general, I have. Oh, I see. A, a little bit of a yeah. But it, you know, if that didn't but, happen, you know, they couldn't really. Well. They couldn't really call it Star Trek Picard next season. No, no, you couldn't. Yeah, I know, I know. I <laughs> well, they really shouldn't call it that anyway. It should be Picard Bot now. Picard Bot. Yeah. Spoiler. Oh, it was cute. It's, it's not really cute. Picard it's actually, anymore. It's a nice. Uh, it's it, it's kind of a relaxing series. Is the way I think I put it. It was sort sort of fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, Mark, what do you think? Uh, it's. I think I thought the whole thing was really well done. You know, I thought it kind of captured a, a little bit of his character. I think it showcased his, you know, his particular strengths uh, as a character, just his selflessness, uh, his preachiness, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> you know, there and his mobility. And I think, I think all of those things, you know, played really well. And then also his frailties, right? His inability to really reach out and connect with people the way he had. Uh, kind of discarded Raffi and some of his other friends when he was having a tough time, you know, with what happened with the Romulan uh, homeworld. I think it, uh, I think it was just a good, 
complete experience uh, of the character. It felt cohesive from the previous Star Trek Next Generation for you? Like you felt like they didn't devolve or... Um, I thought they were really true corners. to the character. Yeah, I thought they were true to the character in the series, uh, frankly. I just think, you know, they modernized the storytelling a little bit. I don't think it was quite as, um, I don't know, it wasn't oh, in the 90s, right? So right. I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, you could tell it was, it was you know, a, a series designed in the in our current era of technology right. and but expectations. It was really true to the character, like, um, I remember the original character uh, for for fun would read the Iliad and the Odyssey, mm -hmm. right? So he liked the idea of going on a lone adventure. And that's a long time. I remember that from a long time ago. And so this this has been really true to the character, I think. Yeah. What I thought was um, was kind of telling, or was kind of um, true to the character for me, was what put him into this predicament that he was in to begin with, where he had walked, essentially walked away from Starfleet. He had given Starfleet an ultimatum that in spite of what happened, they would continue their operation to rescue the Romulans from their exploding star, or he would offer his resignation. And it was kind of um, his hubris in thinking that he was all that, you know, yeah. and that, the Federation would stop everything and drop it just to keep from losing Captain or Admiral Picard um, at the time. Yeah. And <clears throat> you see that kind of throughout the whole episode, right? So, or the season. So like, even in the first episode, he's already been through this situation where he's been gone from Starfleet for what, 10 years or something like that, or more, 14 maybe. Mm -hmm. And um, this situation um, evolves where he finds a, biological synthetic life form, right? And he realizes that there's elements that are out to destroy it and that it is actually in some fashion descended from data. And so what does he do? He goes to Starfleet, to the Admiral at Starfleet and demands that they create this um, rescue mission to go out and find this other synthetic that's out there. And, you know, they're like, you know, who the hell are you? You walked away from Starfleet, you know, whatever. Goodbye, he get just, out of my office, essentially. Right? But, I mean, he just crashed us on he TV. Said, he said right. the Federation from Borg. They yes. kind of owe him? <laughs> I think at that point, he's kind of called in all his favors. Yeah. He also, if you recall, almost destroyed the Federation as a Borg at the Battle of Wolf 359. So... You know, we kind of owed revolutions of saving. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So let's move on to Seth. Seth, what were your thoughts? I thought it was a fantastic series. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got a lot of thoughts on it. It's like I like how I really appreciate how they s acknowledge the like start off with the world building where we left off in uh, like Star Trek in the Kelvin timeline, like the Romulan, like it uses that Supernova background thing. of the Romulan sun exploding. Yep. And we get to see what, for the first time, we get to see what happens in the timeline post that. Right. And that I think was extremely interesting. And like we get to, I, I, I know some people are 
are kind of being critical of the show for uh what is it the pandering and like fan service fan service yeah like yeah. oh why are we seeing these old <clears throat> other old characters like uh like uh Riker and Troy and I'm like that I don't I that's what I came to this for. exactly <laughs> right right it's like it's called Picard because it's connected back to Picard His life yeah. yeah and fan favorite it's like we get new characters and that's awesome yes and we don't spend a whole lot of time with the with the other the the fan servicey characters but we do check in and see what's happened with some of them right. and i want to do some more of that in the next season like sh- show me uh show me what happened to jordy right right yeah i i agree i thought uh, i thought it was nice and uh um the uh the I shed more than a tear or two on some of those episodes, you know, just because of the characters coming back and seeing them again reunited with Picard was kind of an emotional thing, you know, Riker and Troy and um, I know that learning that was... about learning about their family and the the kid that they had that died from a disease that was incurable because of the Federation's ban on synthetic life forms. They didn't have a specific type of technology. Ozotronic net. Right, that could have they could have saved their their child's life. So, um, so it was very interesting uh, uh, seeing those characters, and it played well into the show. Uh, just saying, Jenna, it played well into the show at that point because Picard's trying to get off of this Borg cube for his life, and you know the Romulans know where he lives. It's not a secret. They know about his chalet on Earth, I'm sure. That's not a secret. Um, so he's got to go somewhere where it's safe. And where does he decide to go? He decides to go to his friend and former first officer, uh, Rikers, a place who lives on a, um, a sort of a, a planet that seems kind of, in some ways, um, not very technologically advanced, although Riker's home is quite technologically advanced. Yeah. I mean, that's Which probably another reason Picard went there is because it's got a plus 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 security yeah were you gonna say something jenna sorry oh i was just saying if it would be kind of funny if they did go into season two and you got to see what happened to jordy and like the opening shot is him like reading to children (laughs) (laughs) all our reading rainbow that that would be be, that would be awesome jenna you would like riker's daughter i think her character was fantastic and i want Mm -hmm. i want to show that's like her in like 10 years going out into the universe because mm. uh, she's just basically this semi wild child who they <laughs> let roam the forest with a bow and arrow. Linda's going to try to find a picture of her and show her, throw her up on the screen. So her um, character was delightful and yeah. I really liked seeing Riker and Troy. Uh, yeah, so there she is. 10 years after or how however many years after nemesis actually just being a legitimate family like yeah. i thought i thought yeah. that whole episode where we we just saw that yeah life went on without picard in it right. and the right. universe moved on all these characters moved on and did their thing yeah that uh, that uh, daughter character of Riker's and Troy's was awesome. I would love to see her again. She just, she uh, had a charisma, on-screen charisma, especially with uh, Soji, I thought, um, that was really good. So, um, yeah, I would love to see them back on again. But 
and we're definitely not done with Borg stuff. No, I'm sure we're not. Uh, the Borg is never done with the universe, so... Right, right. Well, yeah, we got seven of nine connecting to the Borg cube in the Queen's room. Right, and as the Queen. She essentially and, became the Queen for a few moments. And that was dark. I was like, oh, oh shit. That was very dark. All right, well, John, uh, let's move on to you. What was your thoughts? I thought it was okay. Um, yeah. It seemed a little rushed. It seemed to have too much fan service. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for a, a, a better second season, personally. Um, now that the world building's done? Yes, yes. And um, I don't know, some of the best episodes that Next Gen ever did centered around Guinan. And I've heard Guyan's going to be in the second season, so yeah, that's I have high hopes for that. That's a that's a persistent rumor or maybe fact that's out there that Guyan will be in, so that'll be good. Um, any parts? What parts of the fan service didn't you care for? Or? It, it was just too much. It's just it was all the time. It was persistent. No, it, I just I, I I I just wanted a little less, and that's. I, I, you know, I still enjoyed it. I did, but I just thought there was too much. And, you know, I thought that ending, you know, I, we talked about this, but due to that particular ending, there, there is now a way that Picard could be on season three of Discovery. <laughs> because he's synthetic. Although yeah. his lifespan has been they claimed. restricted. Yeah, they claimed. They could have lied. He could change his mind. They'll just open him up and switch that little like inner dial like from like limited to unlimited. To to infinity. Pop off his head. Click the switch. There you go. Now you're immortal. There you go. Have fun. Yeah. The only uh, service for X number of years of life. Yeah. But wait, is it Earth years or is it like some other planetary years, which it may take like? 800 Earth days to complete one year. They said it was based on his expected uh, life expectancy. They basically gave him however many years he would have lived if he hadn't had this mental uh, degenerative thing in his brain. He did say, though, that uh, he wouldn't have minded an extra 10 or 20 (laughs) years. He might get an extra 1,000. He might. Uh, Well, let's let's ask Linda, since she's part of the show, and She's the only female perspective we have on here for Star Trek what? Picard. Oh, for so, Star Trek Picard. Yeah. So we didn't you see it, Jenna. We're not forgetting you. Yeah. No, Jenna. Jenna's not up on it. So she's just going to kind of play the role of the audience, asking, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" I don't know what that means. So, so Linda, what are your thoughts? I like. Uh, I loved it because, and I'm all about the fan service. Just like so. I appreciated to see that. Um, and I think that's what a lot of Star Trek Next Gen fans were looking for, is a little bit of that tie-in. So I think it made sense, at least like we said in the first season, to do that. I don't know if they'll, you know, change that a little bit going forward. I think they have the the ability to, um, and still keep the fan base because now they're kind of they kind of hooked them, and now they've got them. Um, I did think that. Uh, seeing it, it was hard for me to see a different part of Picard, a different side of Picard, because of course I'm the next gen. He was the hero. He was, oh my God. 
and to see him kind of act like a jerk or having acted like a jerk in the past and him come to he's kind of coming to a reckoning about that i thought that was really good it really fleshed out his character and gave it more substance that was a whole nother side of uh picard that we hadn't seen i liked it okay. i do want to say that i was very very happy to see seven of nine i think she she i, I actually liked seven nine more than i liked her in voyager mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, what was yeah. it about her introduction into the show that uh, didn't feel as fan servicey to you, right? Like, what uh, what made that gel where some of the other ones didn't? She really acted in a completely different manner. The, yeah. uh, the, all of these other actors fell into kind of their old roles. Seven of Nine kind of broke character. away from that whole... But, I mean, it's not hard. She was, like, basically uh, a kind of, you know, very robotic, very... I think trying to be the Spock of Voyager mm. and it's like now she is free to, to be a person and she was. I mean, Voyager so, had its Spock character though. Tuvok. Tuvok, yeah. Tu I, I never felt Tuvok was Vulcany. I never did. <laughs> he was, uh, wasn't really science-y, I think was the, uh, was, because he yeah, was a security, security guy, right? Yeah, he was a. The, the problem with the fans. He was a thug life Vulcan. <laughs> Picard, you know, in, in the original, he's 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 well known enough that you figure on his adventures here there'd be all sorts of people going, "Hey, remember when I served with you?" And him going, "No, I have no idea who you are." <laughs> yeah. Right. You know? Right. Because in that role of captain, think of how many people yeah, you yeah, have met. Yeah, because he he's pretty well known on Earth, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so here's a question for everybody. There was um, a lot of action in the, in the series, and um, there were a number of characters that were killed off. Um, I'm thinking um, Dodge in the, in the very beginning, right? Uh, we also had um, Hugh the Borg. Um, we also had Echeb, which... For those of you that have watched Voyager, Echeb was um, a former uh, drone kid that ended up being on Voyager, I think, towards the end of the series and was very close to uh, Seven of Nine. And um, so there was a part where, uh, a section where we first see, no, maybe not where we, oh, it was not, chronologically it would have been where we would have first seen seven of nine um but in the in the series itself it wasn't the first time we saw her but it was kind of a flashback to where she, uh there's a, a sort of a black market industry stealing borg technology out of living borgs oh. and so they basically kill them stealing their technology and they do it while they're still alive without any anesthesia, they just don't care. They just go in and start ripping stuff out of them. Shit. And um, so seven of nine, she is with a group called the Fenris Rangers that fight for people that can't fight for themselves. There's a picture of seven of nine with Echeb. And so she gets there to try to save him because he's been grabbed by these black marketeers and they've started harvesting parts of his body. And she gets there and ends up 
killing everybody that was there in that facility, but she's not in time to save Icheb and he's in terrible pain and, and dying. And so she ends up having to put him out of his misery by uh, killing him with a phaser. And so that was a very emotional thing. Um, the other thing that I thought was emotional was the death of Hugh, who was yeah. one of the kindest and gentlest souls I think we've seen on Star Trek. Even though he was a Borg, he was, he was just so calm and so nice. And um, so it was kind of hard to see that. And then, of course, Dodge, it was kind of hard to see her go right after we learned that she's possibly descended by Data. So my question, I think, for everybody is, um, and it's not just limited to those three examples, but was there a specific example in the show that you found particularly hard hitting um, that maybe brought out some emotion in you or you felt that it, you, you hated to see that, that part? For me, it was the death of Hugh, I think, hit me the hardest. So we'll start with, with Charles if there's... Oh, no, I just say, but it, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I like Hugh. But... Um... The next generation, I remember when Tasha Yar died, that was a that was a big deal because I don't think that happened very often in TV uh, shows. Right. Correct. So you'd have to have, yeah, I don't know for 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 this the style to still flow from from next generation to Picard, you're gonna have to have some friends die, and not necessarily uh, great deaths either. I I always thought Tasha Yar's death was, yeah, robbery. Meaningless, right? right? Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, she was just killed by that black sludge. I'm surprised you didn't bring up Data. Because Data's death the one that hit me the hardest. Yeah, um, I didn't bring it up because it wasn't actually part of um, the season. Um, I don't see how it's Oh, not. except, oh, I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the, the very end there. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the original death. Yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about that. So, yeah, in the, in the end of the series, um, we, we see Data, um, and Picard gets to interact with Data, but both of them are in sort of a virtual holographic simulation. Um, and, uh, but, they, but they do get to resolve some issues that Picard has had over Data sacrificing himself to save Picard in Nemesis. And um, as part of that, um, you know, coming to terms with their, their relationship with each other um, yeah. and settling some outstanding issues, Data tells Picard that um, he, he wants him to do him a favor, and that is he doesn't want to be a virtual being anymore. Um, part of his life was seeking out humanity and trying to become more human. And he said yeah. there is one thing that defines human humanity above all else, and that is their mortality. And he said, I want the right to die. And so that's kind of the, the last episode we see is Picard sort of pulling out the USB sticks of Data's memory and that, yeah, that's where it. I lost it. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was hard too. That was going to be the hardest one too. And yeah. Kind of while we're on that subject, uh, Brent Spiner is really good in this show. He's oh, really good at anything that he does. He's really like under noted for what he's done. 
Exactly. Why doesn't he get more roles and stuff? I'd love to see him in, in other things. He does sinister good sometimes. Like when like we find out that uh, like Data's uh, physicality was based off of Dr. Sewell's <coughs> son. And there's a and Brent Spiner is just just gets to be there in the show, but then he takes that sinister twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's really good at that. At he being is. a bad guy, I've seen him as a bad guy in a couple things, and he's good at it. Now, did you think the wanting to die rang true to Data's character? Yeah, I, 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 so. I didn't even see it, but that rang to me just sounds like something Data would say. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Alton Inigo Sung was his name. Was uh, so Data's son's name is Alton yeah. Inigo Sung, or AI Sung. And oh. Brent Spiner, Brent Spiner, if you didn't catch that, glad to play that character again. He <laughs> yeah, he he'll never do Data again, but he'll right. play that again. Oh yeah, sure. And he's got he's got options to do that. I'm sure. Yeah. So he's got to figure out what to do with his colony of androids. <laughs> well, yeah, and and so here's the the question I've been wrestling with for next season. So we've got this Borg cube that is crashed on the planet where the synths live within walking distance of the synth colony. There's a lot of XBs, which is a terminology used in the series for ex-Borgs. They're people with still have some Borg technology, but they've sort of been um, counseled and helped to restore sort of like Hugh to leave the collective. And so, but they're all roaming this Borg cube. And of course their entire philosophy when they were Borg was to seek perfection in replacing themselves with more and more um, uh, mechanical parts. And what to them could be more perfect or perfect than a colony of androids right near them. So I see the two of them, the Borg and the, the synths getting together. I don't know what fruit that will bear, but I do know that there's a lot of very sophisticated technology on that Borg cube. And they were, they were managing to resurrect a lot of it and get it, get it going again. Um, so uh, I, I'm kind of wondering how that might possibly play out in future episodes. Any thoughts on that? That could be interesting, but remember in uh, Next Generation, uh, when Locutus was, uh, was on the Enterprise and he was kind of sizing up the crew and all that, he, he looks at Data and he's like, ah, you're obsolete, you'll, you'll be worthless in the New Order, right? Like, right, right. So, you know, you got to wonder how but, much they really think fully, you know, fully synthetic uh, life is even worth pursuing. Right, but, but that was the in, in uh, my mind, the reason that they did that was because there was no organic component to data. Right. And, oh, and the new are. synths, they're right. a super upgrade. So they're, they're completely biologic, but they're also completely synthetic, right? They're right. completely created. And uh, so that, uh, that might change the calculation a little bit. I'm thinking mm-hmm. um, probably not. With- cheap, they cheaply stole that from the Cylons. Of Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> it's like, it would no, it, it's it, and it makes it easier and cheaper for them to film <laughs> human androids. You know, they don't have to use any special effects. 
Yeah. Well, look, they they did a very similar thing in Doctor Who with the Daleks, because in the recent seasons um, of Doctor Who, you have Daleks that look totally human. And then the only way you find out they're Daleks is at some point, uh, a little hole opens in their forehead and an eye stalk pops out. Well, Star Trek's known for that, though. I mean, that's why you beam down. And I mean, right, just, yeah. Just save a buck. Like, uh, well, I mean, as far as human androids go, it's kind of a classic sci-fi staple of that whole wondering, am I real? real? Am I not? not? Yeah. I mean, that idea has been around for a long, long time. Galactica <laughs> didn't come up with that. I have a question about Dr. Girardi. Yeah. Are they going to just let her go? She killed Bruce Maddox. Are they just going to let her, you know, hey, it's, well, it's okay. Well, I think, I, I don't know that they would necessarily let her go, but I think there's extenuating circumstances in that she was given a mind meld, not necessarily at her own behest, with images that were not designed for biologics that totally destroyed her ability to think reasonably and forced her to commit an act that she probably would not have done. That, that um, Romulan agent that was the head of Starfleet security oh, did that to her. O. Yep, Commander O, uh, did that, subjected her to that. So I don't think she can be held responsible for that crime at this point. Well, I mean... I don't think it's the crew of that ship's job to actually determine that, though, is it? And maybe not. And I yeah, think and they may not. We we don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're gonna run it by Starfleet and see what the situation. Maybe we'll learn more about that in season two. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, tell you the truth, I didn't like Bruce Maddox in the original series. I was kind of happy to see him get killed. But, yeah. <laughs> he was the guy who I was gonna say that that his death was a little bit shocking, and. Mm -hmm affecting of the series especially considering how he died and the like that's the whole that bit was the whole thing where you're like oh no what's going on with Girardi right and right. they just spent all this time trying to get to Maddox and found him and then he's dead and and I suspected that from the get-go <laughs> when they got on the La Serena which is the um, starship that Picard and his crew are on and Agnes Girardi gets introduced to Rafi Musakir which was uh, uh, Admiral Picard's former number one and um, Rafi says you know you just bring her on you, you know you don't have me do any background checks we don't know anything about her all this kind of stuff and that was just kind of glossed over but in my mind when i heard that i'm like that's yeah that's going to come back to haunt us there's something going on there so um so it didn't surprise me to see her um having been co-opted by commander o to do things that she normally wouldn't do i i was surprised that she killed uh, Maddox, especially since the two of them were lovers for for quite a while, so that did kind of surprise me. Um, yeah, I think that was the whole like that was the kind of the point of the admonition, though. So for Jenna, uh, every the everything that was driven in this series is uh, a secret order of uh, 
a secret order within the secret order of the Tal Shiar, it, like the uh, the Romulan secret police. They had a secret order in them called, called the Zadvash. Zadvash. Yep. And their whole point is they were against any and all uh, forms of artificial life. Okay. And that's because they had they had found this there's something had happened centuries and centuries and centuries ago and the, there was this thing called the admonition and it was this like glowing ring of energy that when they touched certain people touched it their brain would be filled with this horrible kind of image Images of things of kind of the things to come hmm. and uh prophecy yeah, kind of, kind of. Well, less prophecy we find out, and more. Uh, but uh, yeah, so but when the, the the images like fill their mind, like you see them doing this whole ceremony where they get the admonition, and the Romulan lady who's like bringing in the yeah. So you can see it on the screen share right now. Totally looks like Ray, the center person. But. Not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, when you get the admonition, it just like straight up drives some, look like most of them just straight out insane. Half of them killed themselves. More than and half. I think, I think that woman that we're seeing there is the only one that was able to take the images and be normal. Um, her aunt, I think, was there with her. And she, while she didn't kill herself, she was kind of a little bit crazy ever after that. And in fact, her craziness was what ended up destroying an entire Borg cube because she was on a, a small ship that um, came across a Borg cube and the Borg decided to assimilate the ship, uh, much to their um, dismay. Chagrin? Yeah, chagrin, because once they assimilated it, her uh, images began to flood through the collective and it oh. created a sort of a cascade failure. And that cube was just Sorry. immediately cut off from the rest of the collective. And it just sort of went adrift in space and the Romulans found it. And so, that's so there's, there's like a whole potential right there is what it sounds like, because if that imagery is like a, a plague to the board, mm -hmm how my, that might be utilized later by other characters who've gone through that. Right, right. Well, but the energy was also a blessing. Uh, the uh, androids liked it. Yeah, so if you had an artificial brain, uh, when you see the admonition, you actually see, get the message that was left behind. And that the message was basically instructions for artificial life forms if they're being extinguished uh, extinct ex yeah extinguished by biological life forms who created them but then decided uh-oh we do we they, we've made the thing that's going to replace us uh, a su uh, a super advanced society of uh of artificial life that's just like hanging out waiting to hear from them uh, so the admonition for artificial life tells them how to contact them and say hey uh, you want to come and wipe out all biological life? Because they're being mean to us right now. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that was very interesting that it took out the whole Borg cube. And that, that could have some bearing in the future. Um, 
I'm kind of wondering what we might or what people think we might see in season two. Where do they go from here now that because in ep, uh, season one, we learned that as part of a, a disaster that happened 14 years ago, that was actually uh, perpetrated by the Romulans, um, the Federation and basically across the galaxy, they banned synthetic life forms. So Romulans, Klingons, the Federation, no synthetic life forms anywhere. They were totally banned. Now at the end of season one, that ban has been revoked. Um, this planet of synthetics is um, now um, has submitted an application to join the Federation and the Federation has lifted the ban on synthetics. And so at the end of the season, we see Picard and the rest of his crew, along with Seven of Nine, um, uh, on La Serena. And they're sort of engaging and heading off to the whatever next adventure that they've got uh, planned. So I'm just wondering if anybody has any thoughts on where they might go in season two. I don't think that there's any way we could know. They, they, they exhausted the plot. The plot is done. They've actually, they ended it, you know, yeah. decisively. I don't so think that's that, done. Like yeah. they could continue this because there's still the, uh, the artificial entities who are waiting around for their uh, summoning for their summoning. And well, they, put, they put a cork back in that bottle. I don't think you want to go digging into that one. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's still there. There's still the Zat Vaj uh, and all their android hatred. Uh, yeah, and I don't, I don't see that going away just because the androids, you know, put the cork back in the bottle, as John put it, and closed off the portal to the super advanced synthetic beings coming in and wiping out humanity. I don't, I don't see the Romulans just giving up that easily. Um, yeah. But that being said, uh, Picard's a search for kind of search unresolved, uh, search for slash unresolved uh, issues around data were resolved in this. Yes, yeah, correct. So that sort of driving force is gone. But at the same time, like they like as the season progressed, he assembled a new crew, and now his crew is yeah. together right so i kind of think yeah. that in this new season we'll, we'll pick up another plot line but we've got a new crew going forward mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. there'll be the 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 artificial life form thing it, it's if you want to go digging into that it's going to be a multi-season thing and who knows how long it's going to be but seth's right they just got the crew together as long as the money flows that's yeah. how long it'll last. <laughs> they got the crew together. They're, they're, they're ready to go. I mean, they're anywhere. So they can write any story now. And, they, you know, and let's see what they come up with. We can even have a much a Star Trek series that is much more akin to Firefly than <laughs> The Next Generation. Yeah, true. Because that's kind of the crew Of course he's you got. would go there, Seth. Yeah. yeah. You should no, watch it sometime. Yeah, that's yeah, a good I mean, point, Seth. I like that. That's uh, yeah, that's a good analogy. Just imagining um, Picard saying, "I swear by my pretty bonnet, I'll kill you." <laughs> I mean, it's it's a crew that is much Floating less starfleet, much more roguish. Yeah, yeah and um, 
Shit, many of them are ex-Starfleet. I mean, from the captain. Um, yeah. A captain, I can't maybe think of his we'll, name. Maybe we'll take a closer look at the Fenris Rangers. That could be interesting. Yeah. Well, I was wondering, so did, did you get the impression that Seven of Nine is now a permanent part of Picard's crew? Or are they just maybe taking her back to the Fenris Rangers? Uh, it she's showed also, her... She's also seems to be in a relationship with uh, that other woman there. Raffi. At yeah. least a budding relationship maybe starting. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe it's going to be a long distance thing. Yeah. But... Uh, I mean, is there really long distance when you can have holographic decks and connections that way through transmissions? True. That is a point. Good point. Yeah, that lag would be terrible. Yeah. Keep that. <laughs> the lag. Back, back, to, back to some of our original shows and the Telly Dildonic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, jeez, uh, what else? Uh, so we got Picard and Soji that are both on La Serena and technically they're both synthetics. Oh, I know what my other question was. And this is a perfect group to ask this to. Um, I almost think I know the answers, but I want to see what people think. So Picard's body died at the end of the season. Everything that he was, that he knew his entire mind was mapped and downloaded into this android reconstruction that looks exactly like, like him down to the last mole, right? Picard bot. Is, yeah. yeah, is there a difference? Because I don't know if any of you believe in souls. Mm -hmm. I know some of you don't. Um, so if you don't believe in a soul, then there's nothing that was lost according to the technological explanation detailed in the show between the biologic Picard and the synthetic Picard. The synthetic Picard is biologic in construction, right? Um, but it has this mind, uh, this synthetic mind that is entirely duplicating Picard's brain. So what is the difference? Is there a difference? Have we lost anything by losing the original body of Picard. I mean, if you, if you don't like, this is where, where was the ever the original Picard? Like the original Picard might have disappeared the very first time he transported. In this case, right. it's okay because Picard never liked children anyway. <laughs> Like, I don't, uh, even, I, I don't even understand that, Charles. You, see, you, never you had much of a goal to start out with. But, oh, come oh. on. I know. I was like, that's why I was like, there's a kitty. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, your, your body is essentially disintegrated, and then a new one is constructed in a different place. Yes. Uh, so, I mean... From that but perspective, that's, but if that's you've got a soul, are you get it? Is it like a new? Are there just like ten thousand Picards in heaven or something? <laughs> right, right. Well, there is a there's an interesting paper that was uh, published a few years ago by a couple of physicists, uh, Penrose and Hammerhoff, that describes structures in the brain called microtubules that may actually connect to the quantum realm. So. 
do we really understand exactly what the brain does? And it's like, how can you replicate a brain when we don't understand exactly what a brain does? So, well, we don't understand today. It's all all science fiction. It's all a game. Uh, If you want to say yes, then sure. If they have the technology to map a human, turn it into energy and reform it, then they're obviously their computers are much more advanced than ours. Perhaps they could. I, I don't know if you can you can replicate a model of a person. It's like, I well, do look. know the, the number of atoms in the body are so high that we are, we're nowhere near having that kind of power. Right. Although well, Moore's law would say that we advance every like 18 months, we double our processor and uh, memory power. So we'll get there someday, but well, it's, like, it's all. And we did see that happen in an episode of Next Gen where Riker uh, there was a transporter ab- accident and Riker was duplicated. His, the Riker we know actually beamed up to the Enterprise, but a duplicate of him was also reflected back and, and materialized back at its starting oh, yeah. point. He's we, still out there, isn't he? Yeah. He's Tom, actually, he should still be out there, shouldn't he? I think he took the middle name Tom. Yeah, Tom Riker yeah, should but, still be out yeah. there. Tom should be out there rolling around somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he is rolling around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't settle down with Troy. <laughs> no. He could be out there trading Orion slave girls somewhere. He, he, he's the Rikerest Riker that's out there in the galaxy right now. <laughs> that's true. Our Riker is making pizza in the woods. <laughs> yes, I mean, right. see, the thing is, our Riker had Troy to calm that shit down. Yes. The other Riker, Riker is not. Right. Somehow has acquired a... This Riker has somehow acquired a galaxy-class ship, and it's just his personal sex dungeon going from <laughs> planet to planet. Every, every deck is a holodeck. <laughs> With the worst music ever. <laughs> yeah. like, Welcome or- to the GIMP level. Oh, but, GIMP uh, level. But speaking of music, how about the soundtrack for, for uh, Picard? Like, I thought... That was really good. Like they yeah. did a good job Hold of on. bringing in the original, the themes from, uh, mm. from, uh, the next generation. Yeah, putting that flute into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Like the whole thing was supposed to give you nostalgia feels, and the music sure. just mm, perfect. Yeah, because it kind of opened with uh, uh, music from that you could imagine coming from his resican flute that's what it was trying to convey um from that episode inner light and um then the music kind of swells and it goes in and there's different pieces that are brought in that that you know um evoke uh, images of next gen uh, maybe a little bit of borg theme music in there as well and then of course at the end it ties it back in as it fades out with uh, more of, of the resican flute music so i thought it was i thought it was very good the way they did that and uh, even the images were pretty cool i thought um showing the different molecules and and um how they're tied together. That was a kind of a big theme in the creation of the synthetics is that it's a process. Every time you create these biological synthetics, there's always two and they're identical. They're twins. So uh, twins was a big part of the, uh, the show. And we actually saw that when we got to the synthetic village, Synthville, as uh, Rassi Masakir called it, because um, they were 
all of them twins that were there. So. And why uh, does there have to be two? Um, it's the I'm trying. Part of the creation is yeah. the of the neural net that they use. I presumed it was a quantum thing. Yeah. Yeah. About, like quantum entanglement and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it's the idea of paired molecules, basically. Right. And it was their way to be able to, you know, introduce Picard to one of Data's uh, kids. And, you know, despite her bad end, he still is able to go out there and save the other. Right. So yep. Yep. Yeah, it was their device for that. But I thought it was mm -hmm. pretty cool, too. Yeah. I was like, Picard, yeah, with, uh, with the other android, the one he actually managed to save, like her character arc was really good, I thought. Soji. Yeah, Soji. Because yeah. she went from being, thinking like she's a normal human and then finding out that she, there's something terribly, like her whole history has been made up. And then, uh, and then just like having everything torn away, the person who she thought loved her, betrayed her, and then she's got to go through this journey of learning how to trust and hopefully trusting Picard before everything goes straight to hell. Mm -hmm. Right. From that point, I think Picard's decision to go see Riker and Troy and their daughter was probably the best decision he could have made. Especially since we saw her sister die so horribly earlier in the series. Yeah, that was awful. When she had come to Picard for protection, and he had tried to protect her, but he couldn't. He didn't have the knowledge. He didn't have the support. It was basically him and Dodge, who was Soji's twin sister, him and Dodge um, trying to fight against um, the Zatvash um, soldiers that were coming down to murder her. And uh, of course he failed at that. And, and it was particularly hard hitting for him knowing that not only did he fail to protect her, but that she, at the time, he didn't know about the twin and in his mind, she was the only link tying directly back to data yeah. that had data. So these, these synths, <clears throat> there's the, um, a process by which um, Bruce Maddox figured out that as long as you had a single neuron from a synthetic, you could actually, using quantum methods, reconstruct the entire neural pathways of the original organism. And so they basically got a neuron from B4, who Data downloaded his consciousness to, if you will, before he killed himself in Nemesis. They have B4. So they used one of the neurons from B4 to create this pair, Soji and Dodge, and <clears throat> probably many of the others, all of the other synths, because when Picard got to Synthville, they recognized him. Um, so, um, so Picard was, was traumatized thinking that now he'd lost, technically lost data twice. And uh, so that was, that was kind of a, um, uh, a sad moment for him. And it made him all the more, uh, determined. determined when he found out that there was a twin out there to save the twin. So, um, yeah, I thought it was, uh, thought it was an interesting way that they that they tied the whole thing together so, so. well mm -hmm. any other final thoughts on picard we got 
before we get into our quarantine update or social distancing quarantine update. Quarantine update, yeah, we can go into that. Yeah, well, one thing about the death fake out uh, that they did, uh, I think as far as death fake outs go, at least it happened in a series where it is named after the character that they faked right. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'm like, okay, so when's he coming back? Right? <laughs> it's right. like, is right. it going to be start of next season or is it going to be in three seconds? And it turns out it was three seconds, right? Yeah. Yay, like, three seconds. I have, I have one last thing is like the EMH. Yeah. Okay. Those are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they're hilarious. But you need some better controls over who can dismiss the EMH and when. <laughs> right. Like, if somebody's actively dying and you've got another person who's just, like, distraught, they can't, they shouldn't be able to just go, deactivate EMH. And EMH goes, no. I'm <laughs> going to give you a sedative and I'm going to save this person's life. Right, right. <laughs> Or at least have to have like captain level override. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was really glad that the uh, the uh, uh, holograms didn't appear and say, "Please state the nature of the medical emergency," because <laughs> I, yeah, I was over that. Yeah, uh, I have real like I was very happy like the the way they chose to go with that, like having the the EMH and the 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 holographic crew be. Uh, representations of him yeah because i'm pretty sure that there are some captain ships captains out there who went other directions with it that are very not yeah. can good. you imagine captain kirk's holographic crew yeah entirely <laughs> green-skinned aliens wouldn't look like that yeah so for for jenna's benefit um so the guy that runs the ship and what the heck is his name captain uh, Rios. Rios. Yeah, yeah, Captain Rios. So he got this this starship, and it's basically um, kind of a, like a cargo ship, but it's really super state of the art, really nice. And uh, but it comes with these emergency hologram programs that can take on different tasks in an emergency. So there's a uh, <coughs> excuse me. There's a medical hologram. There's an engineering hologram. There's an, a navigation hologram. There's a, a concierge hologram, <laughs> which hospitality. hospitality hologram, which is hilarious. And uh, there's one. Uh, and they yeah. all have different. It's all this guy doing different accents. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I especially appreciated how the engineering hologram had a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so basically, when he got the ship, there's an option to. Um, use a quick configuration mode to generate all of these characters. And it basically takes your own parameters. So you don't have to spend time going, going in and designing each of them manually. Yeah. It just duplicates you. And so, but then he went in and customized their accents. So one speaks with a Spanish accent and the other one's Scottish. And um, uh, I, I can't remember what the, what all the other accents. Oh, one's Irish. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty hilarious. And um, because of something in his past that he wanted to keep secret, which is why he left Starfleet, he went in and selectively edited some of the memories of the holograms that was downloaded from him. So each of them um, had some piece of his historical puzzle removed. And mm -hmm. we finally find out at a point when we get all of the holograms in a room together and they get interrogated by... Raffi. Um, Raffi, 
uh, we finally start piecing together his his story. So, so that was pretty cool the way they did that. I thought that made it kind of interesting. Those holograms were just hysterical. Now, what about we haven't actually talked any about Elnor? No, we didn't. Um, so Elnor's an interesting character. He um, was a child when the whole Romulan supernova thing happened, and he was part of a group of Romulans that um, have a dedication towards total truth and total openness, which is also completely being assassins. Yeah, and they're assassins, and they're completely <laughs> opposite from the regular Romulans. It's all secrecy and, you know, um, don't reveal anything. And I'm trying to think, what was the order? Um, uh, it's the Sisterhood of... <sighs> yeah, it's the Sisterhood of... But basically, he, uh, as a child, uh, he kind of uh, latched on to Picard as a father figure. Mm -hmm. But when the whole uh, the disaster happened that forced uh, Starfleet to stop rescuing... Uh, the Romulans and Picard uh, retired. Uh, he had to kind of leave this kid on the planet as opposed to helping see to him. And but and the 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 point that is important to note here is that this is a male child, and this sect of Romulans that's dedicated to truth and openness and martial arts. People with swords. Right is. Um, only women. Absolute candor. Yeah, the philosophy of absolute candor. That's how, that's how they deal with things. And so for Picard to leave him at, um, how old was he at the time? Maybe 10? Or maybe yeah, younger? Yeah, something like 8 or 10. Yeah. Pretty young. He befriended him 14 years ago. And yeah, and so for, for Picard to just go away um at that point in his life led him to be raised solely by women and i think he warrior nuns. warrior nuns is yeah what they call themselves and so i think that was very traumatic for him because he was a father figure and he was the only father figure that he had at the time so now 14 years later when they reunite he's now what 20 or something like that or whatever however old he is but he's grown into a young man and of course he was trained in the ways of the warrior nuns and so he's adopted their philosophies and their technologies or not technology but techniques and um he's a murder machine yeah and so at the beginning when picard first comes back because picard wants to bring him along as his protector because picard knows he's not in the shape that he once was He's, de he's not in first contact shape anymore. <laughs> right, right. And in this, in this series, he's supposed to be playing the part of a 94-year-old man. Mm. And um, so, you know, he can't do the things that he used to do. So he wants this Elnor to come and be his protector. And Elnor is um, uh, not, happy. not happy. Yeah, he's, he's holding a grudge because Picard disappeared for so much of his life. And so he doesn't want to help him. But the, the interesting thing, he, he finally does agree to come help. And it's kind of funny when they beam up to the ship, Dr. Agnes Girati um, is asking, you know, getting filled in on the story that Elnor's decided to come along. And, um, well, what changed your mind? And uh, he's like, well, um, his... Um, story or his plan met one of the requirements for me to be able yeah, to dedicate my life to him. And she's like, oh, well, what was that? 
well, it has to be a hopeless cause. <laughs> and so Gerardi's like, she gets big eyes and looks and she's like, what the fuck? I didn't sign up but, for that, you know? Yeah. So, but their relationship definitely changes over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to like steal like his catchphrase for any time I'm going to get into a any sort of argument in the future is like, Which is? please, friends, choose not to die. <laughs> you know what? That is would that be a great. Is that a lot of your Facebook comments now when you yes. see people? Can you say that? Can you say that with the Russian accent, die. Seth? Yeah, what? I want to see Agram do that. Yeah, say oh, it with a Russian accent. Please, friends. Choose not to die. <laughs> I like That's got to be your new catchphrase in the game. I think I may. I think I may use that now. Yes, you should. And that's what he says. That's what he says whenever a fight's about to start, and yeah. he backs it up. And you know everybody's doomed. He he's basically a Romulan ninja. Yeah, yeah. He's well, awesome. What about Raffi and her son? Ooh, yeah. I have to deal with that. I don't know. Point. I don't know if we'll see them again. I mean, so Raffy. I mean, that's kind of a big, a big old uh, negative thing hanging in the air. Yeah, and they don't usually like to leave big negative things hanging in the air. So Raffy's kind of a um, a drug addict yeah. and um, conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Although is she a, is she a right, but... drug addict? And yeah, in all fairness, she's a conspiracy theorist that was right. There was a conspiracy. What was that, John? Is she actually practicing? Well, she was. Okay, so when Picard picked her, and and a lot of this is, um, a lot of this information that I'm relaying now is from the book that came out um, that takes place just before the series started. Um, She was kind of... um, a bit into drugs when Picard came to her and, and picked her as his first officer to help with the Romulan relocation. And so that, that mission and that task um, changed her and got her away from all of that. And she focused solely with him on the Romulan relocation and it kind of changed her life. But then of course there was the um, synth attack on Mars which precipitated the synth ban by the Federation. And um, Raffi, because she was so good at hacking and intelligence tasks, she got into information that led her to believe that the Romulans were behind it. And she was telling Picard about that and trying to get that information out there, but everybody labeled her as a conspiracy theory because why would the Romulans precipitate a synth attack on Mars destroying the Utopia Planitia fleet yards that were being used to construct starships that were intended to rescue the Romulans from the exp- their own exploding supernova. So why would the Romulans destroy that knowing that they were leaving uh, millions or billions of their people to die at the, at, as the supernova exploded? So nobody believed her. And so when Picard went to the Federation and said, you know, we're going to continue this mission or I'm going to resign. And they said, okay, nice knowing you. See you later. And he walked off. That was a horrible shock to, to Raffi. And um, Raffi being his first officer also found herself out of a job at that point. And so for the past 14 years, she has moved out into the wilderness somewhere away from everybody. And she's just basically a drug alcoholic. She does alcohol. A drug she, alcoholic? I mean, uh, as, as, 
As any good conspiracy theorist will eventually do. Yeah, she's yeah. into alcohol and she smokes some sort of... Roofie. Um, yeah. Roofie. Some sort future of roofie thing. Yeah, Posting some sort of future 24th drug. century ancient aliens and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, when Picard comes to her with this whole thing, um, she signs up, but only to get back um, to go to this... Uh, other planet where she knows her son is and she wants to reconnect with her son well her son wants nothing to do with her because he sees her as a conspiracy theorist and a drug addict and he doesn't want her involved with his new family his new wife who's about to have a child and so he rejects her out of hand which of course sends her back into another spiral of drug use um but she eventually comes out of it on the ship and and by the end she's kind of turned around I don't see how they can leave that just hanging in the air. And also, yeah, there's some questions about why Romulus blew up. At least I have some. I don't really think that that was an accident. That hasn't been fully answered yet. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, this show really kind of showcases how Romulans are the galaxy's perfect assholes. Right. And can't you take your vendetta on the synths out on them maybe after your planet is saved? Yeah. They, they are <laughs> like, like cutting off. They, they, will, they cut off like half their head to spite their nose. Well, yeah. Klingons, well, have, Klingons have honor. Romulans do not. Yeah. They will do whatever they can do at any time to do whatever it is they need. They think they need to get done. Ooh, that's and, something we didn't see in this season, though. We didn't see a single Klingon. Well, they're probably trying to make a new one, you know, just like they did for Discovery. Oh, no, no, we need to. Well, I, that's what I want to see. I, that's who I want to see in the next season. I want to see Worf. I feel like I'm alone in this, but I, I always enjoyed the Picard Q interaction. Oh, Q! And I've always oh, Q, wanted yeah, Q. That. that would be fun. And maybe the Romulan son, uh, uh, that might be a good reason for Q to have come back. But yeah, yeah, I think, I think well, just the fact that Q might have a curiosity, is this Picard really my Picard or is it something else? Like the yeah. philosophical questions Q could have with this new version of Picard mm-hmm. could be very intriguing to him. Q's I always think, had a weird relationship with Picard. So I think we're going to find out that, uh, that Q was once again stripped for of his powers because he was a jackass <laughs> and the calamarine finally got him and destroyed him. <laughs> He's just a galactic hobo now. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would really be awesome because that would explain him having aged. Well, yeah, it would. Right? He, that he made himself look older to go along with Picard. So. <laughs> he just shows up in Picard's bed one night. <laughs> That's something he would do. He yeah, would do that. <laughs> Yeah, he's done that. He would show up in the way that Picard would find most uncomfortable. (laughs) My favorite appearance of Q was when he appeared back after he got his powers back and he pops onto the bridge and he's got the trumpet and the trombone and the mariachi musicians. And he said, (laughs) he's back. And he starts playing and gives Riker a cigar. And (laughs) I mean, if like, if Q has been quiet for this whole time since like Picard stopped uh, going around the universe in a starship. Picard going around the galaxy in a starship again 
would be the thing that would bring him out. Q, yeah, brings yeah. Q back out because he's well, like. Q never, hmm? In the first episode, right? Q was. They're all supposed to be on trial. And as far as I know, that never finished up. It did in the yeah. very last episode or the last. Think that finished. Yeah, all good well, things. The trial never ends. Right? Okay. Yeah, he said the trial never ends at the end of TNG. Right. So oh, he did. Okay. He the door open for, hey, you know, you guys are constantly having to prove yourselves as a species. Correct. Universe is oh, the, there he is. Linda found him. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I love <laughs> that. Hold on. Uh, look at look at Picard. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Picard's got the disgusted look. <laughs> that would have been that would have been my favorite day on the bridge. <laughs> okay, well, <clears throat> I think let's wrap up Star Trek Picard. Everybody, uh, I think would agree. Watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, even though we probably ruined most now. of it for you, but yeah, you can watch it for free. So. Um, all right, so then uh, what's everybody doing to keep uh, busy during the quarantine? We'll start with Jenna. I'm still working, unfortunately, so I've been plenty busy. But in the meantime, I've been trying to just like do little projects, sort things out. Running a lot, even though I hate running. But uh, it's good for calming the, the mind because uh, with Aaron still having to report, I'm alone 10, 12 hours out of the day. And oh, to go through that five like five days straight, oh, it um starts to wear on you. Yeah. I think if I was doing stuff I enjoyed, it probably wouldn't be as bad, but because I'm still having to do work work, I'm like <laughs> Right, right. Well, so let's go to John then, because John, you also live alone. And what's it like for you being in quarantine? I, love it. I think it's the most it's uh, in some ways I don't even notice that it's happening, but it, it, it's weird because now I'm all my classes are online, all my institutions are closed. There's nobody there, and I had I mean while I was being an adjunct for most of this career, it's like I was amazed at how little supervision I got, and I like they can't possibly not supervise me, you know more, but guess what? They can. I'm literally out here on my own. It's like building a curriculum for Blackboard and Canvas. I'm winging it, and but it's like all my all my other teacher friends are saying the same thing. So I'm kind of impressed. Um, that they trust your integrity and those of your peers to just keep teaching and not fuck off. Well, I mean, <laughs> they they should. I mean, if they, if they if they if they couldn't trust us, they shouldn't hire us. But it's the fact that they don't have a choice. They literally have no choice whatsoever. There's no other. There's no backup plan. There's there's nothing that you can do. And it's like we were like uh, doing a chat yesterday. You and I, Bill and Seth, and we were talking to Katie, um, Katie Josh's Adam. wife. Katie and it's Adam. like she teaches like acting. And it's like she she's moved her UNO class onto Canvas. It's like how do you do that? I mean, at least mine's an academic discipline. Hers is actually like a skills-based class that you actually have to kind of interact. And I don't even know how you do that. And there's going to be a lot of this. And the idea of taking online chemistry, or online physics, sounds absolutely 
horrible. Yeah, lab classes would be really tough. Yes. I don't think it's that bad, but. So it's like, I mean, it, it's, and I don't, has, have any of your sleep schedules messed up? Because like, oh, yeah. I don't even, I didn't sleep last night. My sleep schedule isn't messed up because I've got the dogs waking me up every day consistently to feed them at 6 a.m. So uh, my schedule has stayed the same. But I will say that I'm losing track of days. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. I wake up in the morning, it's like I, I'm trying to remember for a few minutes what day it is. Is it the weekend and I have to just relax? Or is it a work day and I need to get up and go down, go downstairs? My, my natural schedule... Because I'm working from home too, and I and, you, and Charles, you're living alone, right? Yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm loving it. Okay. So, no, no, my my, as I've told some of you, I've I've had a couple of mornings I've woken up with a panic that uh, things go back to normal. <laughs> I just like, I don't I don't I don't want to go back, but um, uh, like I like working in the evenings. Uh, the the eight to five or that's so are you been. kind of setting your own schedule then now well, well yeah i'm gonna have to show up for meetings but as long as i put the time in and i've got more than enough yeah we kind of had a surgeon work rather than yeah uh so i and i think that's because everybody panicked but so i i have more work than normal okay um right. but i like you know i when the sun sets i like to put in four hours yeah. Okay. And cool. so, to me, that's been really nice. Uh, you know, then then I could take a couple hours and go for a walk or whatnot. And yeah. Clean house. All right. Well, Seth, how about you? So you're you and Katie are there together, so that at least you have someone else to interact with. Are you yeah. both both working from home? Uh yeah, we are both home all the time now. So, but and how, uh, how are you yeah, guys I, managing to keep busy? Uh, Katie is doing a lot of gardening, but I am trying to keep myself busy with creative pursuits. So I'm working a lot on my WordKeeper application and not doing, I'm actually, I actually haven't done any writing since this whole thing started. I can't, I, for some reason, just don't write well at home. Mm. I like going to coffee shops and writing and I can't. So one of the things I'm doing right now is I'm sharing my screen. I'm getting into oh, miniature nice. painting. Nice. I did this guy the other night. Uh, wow. Can you give it, put your hand back there for scale? My it's hand? A picture. It's a it's picture. Right there. It's oh. a pill bottle it's sitting it's on. Pill. So. Oh, I thought you switched. I thought you switched to a different oh. camera. Uh, I'm going to stop sharing that. Oh, so yeah. here, here's the oh. scale. Well, I guess... I don't know. It's kind of hard because Seth's hands are huge anyway, so. Right. Yeah, so here's here's like another miniature that I did. For comparison. Very mini. Let me turn off my back screen background because that's screwing things up. But yeah, I'm doing, I'm trying to keep myself busy with miniature painting. Nice. And... That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good way to spend an evening. How Very long did it take you to do that? Uh, this guy took me like two or three hours to do, but I think that's mostly because I was getting everything here set up so that I could do mini painting, 
and like getting all my colors sorted out and my tools set up. So the next ones should go a whole lot faster. Okay, cool. All right. Well, Mark, how about you? Are you yeah. home alone or are you there with I'm someone else? Yeah, so I'm home alone half the time. Um, I get my kids every other week and okay. uh, they're, they're five and eight. Um, so they keep me very, very busy. <laughs> Most of I, when they're here. Uh, actually, my coworkers uh, joke with me that uh, I must not ever feed my kids because every time we're having a meeting, they come in and they say, Dad, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, That's so... Funny. You know, they're like, hey, Mark, are you going to feed your kids today? And, <laughs> like, That's when you're like, no, I don't want them giving them COVID-19. Right. Right. <laughs> when I <laughs> feed them, they just get bigger and more hungry. Yes, I know. You see, and that's that's the thing, right? I <laughs> never ending cycle. These different consequences of your actions. Yeah. Um, so what do, you, what do you do when you're not working and taking care of the kids? Yeah, so honestly, I just, uh, I call uh, call family members. Okay. <laughs> Mark, Mark should be training with me and running, even if it's yeah. not with me with me, because we still got a 5k in June, sir. If Mark. that still happens, God, I hope it does. I uh, hope it does too, actually before at least they delay it. Although having to do this 5k in August would really fucking suck. Yeah. Because it's yeah. an outdoor, <laughs> um, tough, mudder type obstacle course thing. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, so yeah, I get a weird idea of fun. <laughs> yeah, we get to, you know, just kind of do this crazy obstacle course and, yeah, get muddy and it'll be a good time. And, uh, yeah, so that's going to be in June, maybe, maybe later. Um, but actually, Jenna, I have been, uh, I have been doing that uh, Athlean-X uh, nice. program uh, just at home here. So yeah, that's, that's good. a good one. I like, yeah. I subscribed to him. Yeah, and it gets the heart rate, gets the RPMs up a little bit too. So, you know, I do that. I do some yoga too, just to help with my back. I uh, I had back issues a while ago, and it, uh, yeah, I find it helps me sleep too. So, like, it helps keep my you know schedule normal. Uh, is doing a little yoga before bed. So, all right. What about what about you guys, Bill and Linda? What are you guys up to? Well, of course, we live in the same place. We're on the, we're on the same ship, as you can see. Um, <laughs> Coming up with alternative means of financing that uh, are yes. sure maybe questionably legal. So. <laughs> you never know. I don't want to say too much publicly. But yeah, so uh, Linda's gotten furloughed from uh, her company, um, our company, I guess. Um, so she's off until August 1st, four months. August 3rd, four months of uh, furlough. Right. Uh, we both work for a hospitality company, and as you can imagine, with 80% of the hotels in the United States, actually, I think that might be more than the United States, are empty. And 80% is pretty huge. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that if one of us had to go, it was me. <laughs> yeah. So, for, the, for those of us that um, got to stay at work, um, they um, cut our salary and our schedules by 20%. So um, I guess it could be worse. They could have just cut our salary by 20% and kept our hours. Yeah, um, I've so, heard a lot of people doing that. Yeah, so at least now I have uh, every Friday off uh, through the end of the year, that's through the end. So even when Linda comes back in August, she'll only be working four days a week and still at 20% um, salary reduction until the end of the year. So, um, so we're working through that. Um, 
And then uh, I think my, my biggest issue is going to be here's one more day now of vacation where I won't be keeping track of the days. So pretty soon the, I'll be totally, totally screwed up. But other than that, we're doing stuff like this. We're scheduling uh, Zoom sessions. We've got a humanist group. We do a Zoom session every two weeks with them. We've got um, in, in our Galactic Driftwood group, we're doing a weekly sci-fi apocalypse edition session where anybody that wants to get together and talk sci-fi can get on and do that. You're also um, still doing your D&D. We're still doing our yeah. D&D by, by Zoom, and, and that's nice because that's gone to a weekly session, so now we're actually making some measurable progress, and um, we're having some good times there. And you should then, show up, Jenna. Yeah, <laughs> I know, Benita said the same thing to me yesterday. He's like, hey, you know it would be awesome if you came to play D&D? Yes. Whippy, you want you want to finish putting your character together? Come I on, do, Jenna. I want to finish our base. I'll paint I'll paint you a mini. <laughs> I'll just send it to your house. You need you need a little bit of variety in your week, Jenna. You can't all work and no play makes Jenna a dull girl. I am the dull girl anyway. Come no, on. you're not. No, you're not. Nobody that has as many swords as you have can be considered a dull girl. <sighs> I know. I need. I still need to figure out where I'm going to put all of them. Right. The bodies of your enemies. No, because I don't display the bodies of my enemies. That's incriminating. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if Tiger King has taught me anything, I just need more big kitties. Yes, right, to get rid of the, the remains. Get rid of the bodies. Tiger King shouldn't teach you anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I'd, don't think I'd use any of those folks as a role evidence. model. It's basically evidence of a crime. Every single person on there should be in jail. <laughs> except the woman who or the, the the trans man who lost his arm um yeah yeah i think he paid his dues yeah uh, okay I'll, I'll let one person live yeah. <laughs> you have your arm ripped off by a tiger and you go back five days later that's dedication you're you're a mental patient <laughs> that's what you are or you just resign yourself. This is the only way you can like pay for anything for yourself. I suppose. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the job market's like in that particular part of bumfuck nowhere. But yeah, it's perhaps not great. It's, all he can do. it's not great. Right. All right. Yep. Well, anybody else? I don't think so. I think that's about it. Unless we wanted to touch on uh, Westworld just a little bit. Are you? I said we were going to talk about it. Yeah, I think it's just about lunchtime. Yeah. Right. Uh, one thing I want—I did want to finish out with is uh, game stores are still open. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them, give them a call and they will do curbside delivery. A game shop in Bellevue and at, I think, 148th and... Uh, Maple. Wet, Maple. Maple, West Maple, yeah. West Maple uh, they are going to all curbside delivery. Uh, it would be last week when this comes out, uh, but they are still open and they still have a fantastic selection of games, minis, paints, anything you need to keep yourself entertained. And uh, the Geek Room at 180th and Pacific, uh, as far as I know, their store is still open to come into. And... Uh, but they will also do curbside delivery, as will Krypton Comics. And 
the Dragon's Lair. So if you're in the Omaha area, you've got a lot of options to find some stuff to keep you entertained. Oh, Legends is also still open. Uh, so if you want some graphic novels or some comics, you can, uh, they will give you those through their uh, coffee drive-thru. You can get a coffee and some comics. Yay! Uh, but there's still plenty of options to keep yourself well entertained and uh, support your local uh, gaming nerd community. Cool. All right. Well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up then. So I want to thank uh, all you guys for joining on the Zoom session. Um, we managed to pull off a, a nice show, I think. So it just shows we can do it without all being in the same place, which is kind of kind of nice considering that we don't have any option at this point. Right. Yeah. So, so we'll do it again in another couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some more exciting stuff to talk about. By then, we'll be another two weeks into Westworld. So we'll save that show, save that discussion for the next show, I guess. Maybe Jenna can get caught up on Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can watch some of it. Who knows? Yeah. You might like it. Oh, I'm sure I will like it. Yeah, it's really good this season. So, all right, folks. Well, thank you for tuning in for another episode, and we will see you next time. Until then, Bye. stay home, stay safe, and uh, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.